Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? It is your host, Will Hempel, and we are back with another episode of the Endless Competing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. We are back with episode numero cinco, all right? We're, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're almost in the double digits. That's going to be really weird to say, you know? We're going to be like, what episode are you on? And you're like, 12. You know, it's kind of like, dang, okay, like you've been doing it for a little minute, you know? Um, I don't know how people do daily podcasts. That just is absolutely killer. I, I don't know how you would do that. Like, even even if you made that your full-time job, like, finding something in your same, like, niche to talk about every single day is absolutely crazy. I go like, that is, that is very difficult. But, I mean, if you do it, you know, shout out to you. Cool. I mean, there's a lot going on in sports, but talking about it every day on a podcast is a lot. But, you know, I'm more of a quality over quantity kind of guy. Um, I really, uh, before we get into all this, I really did kind of, I don't know, I kept thinking like, what if I didn't do it today? What if I, you know, it was just like I posted, you know, on Wednesday or something like I'll just push it back. Reason being, I, uh, I'm, I mean, work is just a lot right now. I'm working a lot of hours right now trying to get everything going. Um, and I, uh, I texted my friend tonight. I was like, look, bro, like. Just got done working a 13-hour shift. You know, I've been been over there since 10 a.m. Like, I just left at 11. Like, what? Like I, like, I need some motivation, bro. And he just took it back. He was like, you don't need no motivation. He was like, you just got to be disciplined. He was like, I've seen you work. Like, you are disciplined. And he was like, the easiest day is yesterday because yesterday is behind you. And the hardest day is tomorrow. And it's going to keep being like that. Alright? The easiest day was yesterday. You can quit tomorrow. But it's already today. So, I'm just, I guess just kind of give you all some motivation, man. Like, and if you, even if you got, got, a lot of, got a lot going on in your life, you know, um, maybe you listen to this right now and things aren't going well, or maybe you just needed a, a little information. Sorry for the sad talk. I'm just... I'm very exhausted. I'm very tired, but I love the podcast. I love everybody who listens. We are at, uh, by the way, if you are trying to keep up with the giveaway, we are, I'll give you guys a live check actually right now. Uh, we are currently sitting at 59 total plays. Okay. And we have had 44 different listeners. Guys, that is huge. That is, that is huge. Um, with the way it's going, I would say by about episode 10, we would, uh, like the, I'll do the whole giveaway and everything. Uh, and remember if you want to be eligible for the giveaway, make sure you are following us on Instagram. I will be putting everybody's names in a, uh, in a wheel and I will screen record the wheel and I will post it onto our Instagram and everything. And if you are following, your name will be put on the wheel. And if it lands on you, I will send you the money, uh, they can either give you cash or I can Venmo you the money, cash app it, whatever you want. Um, but I'll get you your money for sure. Just thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Um, and uh, let's, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's stop beating around the bush. And let's talk about what's going on in the world of sports. Okay. Uh, and I know I usually talk about NFL and NBA a lot. But, of course, this past weekend, huge fight happened. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Um, I mean, a, a crazy fight, honestly. I mean, anything with Jake Paul 
with the way that he talks, the way that he looks, who he was in the past, and who he's becoming, it, it's a must-watch event. Um, of course, you know, Jake Paul got his own documentary. That was pretty crazy. You know, that like that came out of nowhere. Like, I understand. It's kind of, in my opinion, it was like his version of a 30 for 30. But obviously, he's not getting a 30 for 30 because he's not like a, you know, ESPN pro athlete, whatever. You know, he, he and uh, he, he, he's literally an influencer. You know, in the in the show, in the movie, they talked about how uh, Jake and Logan Paul literally created the word influencer. And I, growing up, I didn't have, I never had Vine. I think I had Vine for like the last two months that it was a thing. And then uh, Vine got like deleted or Vine died. I don't know. But either way, I literally had Vine for like two months, not even. Um, so I... I didn't really get the full like you know effect from it and now that's simply because i was young you know like right now i'm 18 so and like vine was a thing way back when like late 2000s like i had no clue you know what i'm saying uh maybe not late 2000s like mid 2010s either way i wasn't on vine i wasn't on vine so i didn't know about any of this i mean like obviously people older than me like knew about it but i never used vine before like i never really knew what vine was i guess like tiktok is kind of our version of vine but anyways, they literally were just like two kids who just wanted to just they would just record their lives and they record videos and stuff. And I mean, pretty much blew up from there and took off from there and, you know, eventually moved to L.A., did the whole thing of, you know, uh, trying to make it out. Of course, Jake got his spot on uh, the Disney cast as uh, Dirk, uh, which was on the show with Aardvark. Great show, by the way. Um, but I mean, like the the way that this guy just. Uh, who he is as a person, who he was, like, I, I mean, I know all of you watched at least one Jake Paul video whenever you were in middle school, and you were like, oh my gosh, like, the dude is so cool, and like, he was, like, looking at it now, like, I go lie, he was cringe, he was so cringe, but just what he was doing was different, and so people were immediately attracted to that, and, uh, you know, there was just something about him that it was like, I want to click off this video because this guy is so cringe, but I can't because I'm just so curious as to what is going to happen. Like, this dude is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude is wild. Like, what what's going to happen? And honestly, uh, I mean, Jake, Jake Paul's a talker. Jake Paul is a lot of things. But most importantly, Jake Paul is an entertainer. Jake Paul is going to put people in seats. Jake Paul is going to make his money. Jake Paul is going to make the most of his opportunities. And honestly, even if you hate the guy as a boxer, you have to respect what he's doing for the sport. Because I'm not going to lie, I, I, I did not keep up with boxing at all until this whole YouTuber stuff started. You know, like the whole dazing, uh, everything, uh, and pretty much just random people boxing. But it wasn't like, you know, all the different world classes because if you guys know i don't know if you many of you guys know this but pretty much they have four so every single weight class in boxing they have four different belts i have no clue why it's not like boxing is a unity thing it's literally all these different people own a little bit of something and i don't know they're always fighting for a different belt which is why you see some people have three belts and stuff like it's just, it's just weird it, it's not like the UFC where it's all one big thing. You know, boxing is just like a, 
recreation sport, I guess you could say. Like it's a it's a professional sport, don't get me wrong, but the way that they treat it from a business standpoint nowadays, it, it it's recreational, honestly. You know, anybody can go and be a boxer. Anybody can go and hop in the ring and you know make a couple dollars or whatever. It it's not like the UFC where it's actually under control and it's actually handled well. Um and so I think that's kind of the big thing with boxing. But, of course, you know, like, anytime I hear Jake Paul is fighting or KSI is fighting or anybody significant, I'm like, whoa, I need to watch that. Because, like, they talk so much and th- that you you have to watch it. You, you just – there's something about it that you're like, dude, I got to watch it. Like, this – I'm so curious. Got to see what's going on. Um, and, and, you know, just to back this, this fight against Nate Diaz was the, had the second most bets overall. I'm not talking about money handle. I'm talking about the second most single bets placed in sports betting history, in boxing history. Okay. Like that is, that's wild. That is insane. There's Jake Ball versus Nate Diaz. Like not even, not even McGregor and Mayweather was that hype, okay? That was probably the last time I watched a boxing match, okay? Um, and so, uh, of course, uh, Jake Paul did win by unanimous decision. Do I think he should have got a TKO in round five or some something like that? I, absolutely. I, I think, uh, but uh, Nate Diaz is always like that, man. I, like, the dude, I, I'm telling you, he fights drunk, and he's just always drunk. Like, you don't even know what's going on. And he's just laughing. He's just being a goofball. So I, you know, I guess as a referee, you don't want to be the person to end it. And like, they get mad at you because it's like Nate Diaz, you know, like he don't get knocked out. Like he could have done that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like you're worried about for the guy because this guy's acting stupid. You know, he's like smirking around. He's, you know, talking all this in the middle of the fight and he's getting beat. It's just like, do I save him or do I just let it go? And obviously, he let it go, and Jake Paul killed him on the scorecards. Um, like I said, though, he definitely should have uh, had got you know gotten a, gotten a TKO or something. But um, great fight, honestly, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Nate Diaz requesting to go to ten rounds was definitely the smarter move for him because he's always had a really great stamina. I don't know if you guys saw in the first round compared to like that ninth round, but Nate Diaz was pretty consistent across all the rounds. Uh, but Jake Paul was like. Yeah. Okay, I'm not blaming that on his stamina at all. Uh guy works super hard, you know, you know, full credit to that. Um, but you see in the first round, he just comes out like guns flaring, blah, 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 blah. you know, trying to throw all these different combos. And then by round nine, he's like throwing a combo uh every so often, you know. So uh it's just about balancing yourself out. And uh I didn't I don't think he did the greatest of jobs in this one specifically. Uh and now, if he fought the way that he fought in this one versus Tommy Fury, would he have won? Possibly, but I still think Tommy Fury would have won. I don't think, but the other thing is, I don't think we've seen Jake's full potential. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Jake Paul came out and said that he'll be a world champion in boxing by 2026. That's kind of what he's saying. But of course, you know, Jake Jake Paul's a shit talker. Jake Paul's going to talk his smack. He's uh. I mean, he's he's just gonna you know he's gonna uh, say say what he wants to say, and he doesn't care what anybody thinks about it. Um, obviously, uh, 
like I said, Jake Paul did win by unanimous decision. And as far as like what this means for him, uh, as we know, KSI is fighting Tommy Fury here soon. Uh, he likes to say he's going to do what Jake couldn't do and knock him out or really just beat him in general. Um, I would assume because I don't think he'll knock him out. But I think, uh, you know, once this happens, um, I think if KSI loses to Tommy Fury, I don't think we'll see a KSI Jake Paul fight for a minute. But I think if KSI beats Tommy Fury, uh, Jake Paul is going to try everything he possibly can to get a fight with him. And I think after offering a ridiculous, stupid sum amount of money, I think KSI is going to take it simply to, quote-unquote, prove his point that he's better than Jake Paul. Um, and I say, quote-unquote, because I, I see KSI work. I You know, like, he has the build for it and everything. But I, and I don't know if it's just the documentary or what, but I went to Puerto Rico this past week, of course. And I had passed by Jake Paul's house and I had passed by his warehouse where like he works out and everything. And I had had some of the locals, you know, like, oh, like, have y'all seen him and stuff? And they were like, yeah, but every time he's out, he's, you know, he's working out like he's running. He's doing something, uh, you know, like exercising in some type of way. And they talked like so highly of him as like he's always, you know, doing something, you know, like he's never being lazy or whatever. Um, and like, you know, you drove around the warehouse and it's just like, there's stuff everywhere, you know, like big tires, all these different things to, you know, help him train and stuff. And so it's honestly, you know, I, and I, maybe it's because I went to Puerto Rico that like, I, I feel like Jake Paul is better, but I'm telling you just like watching it, uh, and just seeing how each of them work, each of them handle themselves and everything. Um, I feel like Jake Paul is a better boxer. And if they were to fight, I think Jake Paul would win. But I think it would be like a split decision or something. I think, you know. But if if they were to fight, that would get a lot, a lot, lot, lot of money. That would make them so much money. Um, I mean, that's two of the biggest names. And the other thing is, KSI is pulling in people from the UK. You know, KSI has that pull in the UK to where he can get all of them on the PPV. And then Jake Paul, you know, has his pull basically everywhere and he could get all of them on the PPV. So um, as far as uh, boxing, boxing couldn't be any better. And um, I, I think Jake Paul is uh, only only meant for uh, bigger and greater things. But I do think that uh, by mid-2024, We'll have a Jake Paul versus KSI fight for sure. Um, if he beats Tommy Fury, if he doesn't beat Tommy Fury, then I don't think so. Cause it's like, what's the point? You know, Tommy Fury is quote unquote better than both of us. So, you know, maybe one of them will get a rematch with him. Uh, we'll have to see what that though. But, um, like I said, with the whole bets thing, uh, Jake Paul and the Nate Diaz fight attracted more than twice as many bets as the entire main the six fight card on UFC 291 that one fight had more bets placed on it than the entire six fight card that is ridiculous guys that is crazy for just a rant for like this boxing match like what 
And I'm telling you, that, that that's just a Jake Paul effect. That is literally just the Jake Paul effect. So, and uh, I mean, Mike Tyson talks about him like that's his son. Mike Tyson loves him. He's like, he is literally reviving boxing. He was like, boxing was dead. And he's literally reviving it. Um, and I mean, I fully agree. You know, like I said, I didn't really keep up with boxing and everything until I started seeing Jake Paul. Because I'm like, I remember this guy being super cringe. You know, like, he's a boxer now? Like, what? Like, it just seems so forced. But then you start watching him. And you look at the fights and you look how he does it. And it's like, wait, this guy is on to something. This this guy is an entertainer. This guy knows what he's doing. And then, of course, with the manager that he has, you know, who used to be the president of uh, the UFC and kind of handle all those uh, logistications. Uh, I mean, it's only going to get crazier for them, you know, especially with him running PFL and uh, Francis Naganu uh, being on that. You know, it, it it's only a matter of time, quite frankly. Um but I, I, I think boxing is going in a great direction, and I think Jake Paul is going to be the best YouTube boxer for a while, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, move off the boxing a little bit. Let's hop onto the NFL. The NFL Top 100 the full list finally, finally got released. Uh, I'm not surprised uh, by number one. I think it was fairly obvious that it was going to be Patrick Mahomes. You know, who else would it be? Let's be honest. Um, I, you know, just how people talk about him and um, how people, you know, um, I guess say how they prepare for him and how it's quite hard to do anything that you really want to do against him. Um, you know, it was kind of bound to happen. It was kind of, it was bound to be Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think we all could have guessed that. Um, I guess the biggest surprise was Jalen Hurts at three. Um, and if you guys don't know, that is the biggest jump that we have seen for a player in the NFL Top 100 since they started doing this. This guy went from being not ranked last year to number three. That is insane. I, I, okay. Jalen Hurts is a great player, don't get me wrong, but he is not the third best player in the league. That is crazy. I don't think he's a better passer than Lamar. I don't think he's a better rusher than Lamar. I, if I had a pick between Jalen Hurts and Lamar, I'm taking Lamar 10 times out of 10, 12 times out of 5, I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Okay, then that that's straight up. I, I don't... I don't agree with that. I don't think he's number three. Nick Bosa had four for a defensive player of the year. Cool. Travis Kelsey at five. That, that one's fair. Um, Joe Burrow higher than Josh Allen. That's perfect. Uh, Chris Jones at 10. I, was, uh, I wasn't too surprised to see him over Aaron Donald. I was more or less surprised to see him in the top 10. I didn't think they would rank, rank him as a, a top 10 player. But, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to complain. But, uh. And with Aaron Donald and injuries and the Los Angeles Rams, you know, not lack of success. Uh, I understand how uh, Chris Jones could be ranked higher. Um, but of course, Raiders teammates uh, Josh Jacobs at twelve, Devontae Adams at th- uh, thirteen. Um, now seeing this unique, now seeing the full list, um, I would say my biggest surprise as to like who's not on here is probably Andrew Thomas. If you guys are about to tell me that you don't know who Andrew Thomas is, you are tripping. Um, 
but I'll give you a little bit of background knowledge. Andrew Thomas is a left tackle for the New York Giants and was a second-team All-Pro this past season and got paid a huge contract extension in five years, like $115 million. This dude's not even in the top 100. He's not even in the top 100, guys. They said Tristan Wurst was better than him. Tristan Wurst barely played. Tristan Wurst was at 98, and they said he was better than him. They said Teron Armstead was better, and Teron Armstead didn't even play. I mean, like, bro, it, okay, it, and I get the players make the list, so it's kind of, like, it's hard. You know, the players, it's not, you know, analysts and everything who who will look at, at the big picture. Um, but, like, sometimes I understand how you could forget alignment and stuff. I, I get that. But it's just like, dude, if you're, excuse me, sorry. If you are an all pro, you should be in the top 100, like guaranteed. Like it doesn't matter what other players say. If you're an all pro or a pro bowler, you should be in the NFL top 100. Okay. The only reason if you're a pro bowler that you shouldn't be in it is if you're like a long snapper or something, then okay, fair. But that's it. Like that's that's ridiculous. Um. Now, of course, another surprise to uh, me personally, T.J. Hawkinson was not a top one hundred player. I I I was very very shocked by that. Um. I mean, I thought he was a, a top one hundred player for sure. But I guess kind of once I saw that Mark Andrews was at eighty, I was like, if any tight end is ahead of him. That is ridiculous um, because they're not, you know, Mark Andrews, in my opinion, is easily the third best tight end in the league um, right now. But from what I'm hearing from Darren Waller, I'm hearing, I'm hearing some really great things about Darren Waller. So we'll have to, well, we'll have to, you know, stay on the edge with that. One. We'll have to see. Um, I guess kind of my, uh, my biggest surprise was possibly CJ Mosley at 46 or Cooper Cup at 47. I get Cooper Cup, you know, with on injury and everything. And, you know, if you don't play, then you get dropped down a little bit. But that's way too far. Um, Jamar Chase, too. Like, I, I get, you know, he's a rookie. Um, well, he, you know, he, he he's younger. Uh, and he still has to kind of prove himself and whatnot. But it's like, hey, that's real disrespectful. I ain't gonna lie. That is crazy disrespectful. Um, but, you know. It's by the players. Uh, of course, the players are going to have bad takes. I'm not going to lie. I, I've seen players make some lists. I've seen players do some rankings. I've seen players talk about other players. And they have just been on something. I, I don't know what, but they are always tripping about something. Uh, and I frankly don't really, I don't understand it. But that's just me. Uh, but like I said, Patrick Mahomes is your number one. Justin Jefferson is number two. Jalen Hurts at number three. That's your top three. Uh, Justin Jefferson at number two. For an LSU fan, that is that's pretty cool. That that's really dope to see. Um, who knows? Maybe after the season, he'll be number one. We'll have to see. Maybe Patrick Mahomes has an offseason. Maybe Patrick Mahomes gets injured a little bit, and uh, Justin Jefferson can take that number one spot. Obviously, I don't want that to happen, but it's a possibility. You know, it could happen. So we'll leave it out there. Um, and, uh, in, in some personal news, 
uh, you know, hop off the NFL Top 100 and some personal news. Whenever we were so obviously to get to Puerto Rico, we had to take a plane and everything. And we were on our way back from the trip. We had flew from Puerto Rico to Tampa and we were flying from Tampa to New Orleans. And I'm sure you guys have seen the reports. Um, but I was in the airport and I was on my computer. I was doing some work for the podcast. I was making a graphic or doing something. I don't remember exactly what. And my backpack was kind of on the table. And so I couldn't see behind my backpack. And my dad walks up to me and he taps me on my shoulder. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, what's up? And he was like, don't freak out. But John Gruden is right there. And I'm like, what? What? What are you? What are you talking about, bro? And I move my backpack a little bit, and I look. John Gruden is right next to me. He's literally right across the table, and I'm like, "What the heck?" I'm like, and then my and so my dad's like, "Don't freak out!" I'm like, "Okay, like I'm not gonna freak out. Like, cool. Like it's whatever." He was like, "Oh, okay." Like, he was surprised I didn't freak out. I don't know. I was like, what? Okay. And uh, I that, that made me laugh. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Gosh, I'm so, I'm so, so tired. But uh, he, he was like, you're not going to freak out? And I was like, dude, you said don't freak out. But I was like, I was like, I was like, and I believe you, like, look at that haircut. You know, who else has that haircut? We got to get this man a good barber. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure y'all have seen John Gruden's hair, but if you haven't, like, go look up John Gruden, okay? And you will see this man's hair. It is so bad, bro. It is so, so bad. Um, he, I mean, terrible haircut. But anyways, I, I finished up doing what I was on my computer, and I closed my computer, and I went uh, sit with my sit with my dad and stuff, and uh, we were talking for a minute, and he's like, you're not going to go say anything to him? And I was like, I mean, like, yes, but I was like, you know, like, I don't want to bother him. He seems busy. Um, I mean, all he was doing was on his phone. He was talking to a fan or somebody. But I, w- I-, I was kind of nervous. You know, you, whenever you're about to meet a celebrity or something, you, you get nervous. You know, wh- even if you, like, know him, you, you know, you get nervous. I don't know. If that, that might just be me. But every time I go to meet somebody who's somewhat of a celebrity, I get nervous. Because it's like, what? Like, like this is weird. Like I'll be watching this dude on TV. Like what? Um. So eventually, I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, coach, you mind if I get a picture and stuff?" And he was like, "No, come on, come get a picture." So I um, I sit down next to him. Uh, we take a picture and we start talking up for a little bit. And he's telling me how he's uh, he was so he was on the flight. He was coming with me to New Orleans. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you've seen the reports. Uh, he's kind of work. He's there for the weekend, or he was there for the weekend, uh, working out with some of the guys, talking with DA, uh, hanging out with Derek Carr, a bunch of different things. Um, obviously at the time I didn't know this, and there weren't any reports out, but I had asked him, and I was like, uh, so what? So what exactly are you going to do in New Orleans? Like. You aren't you aren't on the staff, are you? He's like, no, I'm not full time on the staff. Um, he's like, I'm just going over there, you know, be a part of influence, talk to all the guys, you know, see what's going on. Uh, you know, see how the season's gonna work, and um, 
you know, catch up with Derek and DA and everything. And I didn't know this, but apparently Dennis Allen worked under him while he was head, the head coach for the Raiders. Uh, I had no clue, but apparently DA was his um, his defensive uh, defensive coordinator for a minute. And uh, so that they kind of have that connection. And I guess that's also another reason why Derek Carr went to the Raiders was to get back with Dennis Allen and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, but and so he was just like, oh, yeah, just go and see what's going on, whatever. In my opinion, he was beating around the bush of what he was really going to do. But, of course, what is lawsuit going on with the NFL? It's probably not the smartest thing in the world to get on full-time staff. But whenever I asked him about it, he didn't seem against it. He was like, I would love to be, you know, full-time on the staff and everything. And But you could tell. But we all know John Gruden. And the dude's 59. You know, he still has a good bit of years left in him. But he's going to get a head coaching job once this lawsuit gets taken care of, straight up. I mean, so he shouldn't even be worried about an assistant job or anything like that. Um, he'll be more than fine. So um, I asked him, you know, what he was going to do. And then he asked me, like, a couple of places he could eat and whatnot. And I told him, you know, like, oh, yeah, I go to this, go to that, check this place out, whatever. Um, and then I asked him the big question. I'd ask him the question who I, who I was so curious about. And I was just like, you know. Why? You know? So, if you guys don't recall, in the 2019 NFL draft, this was the Kyler Murray draft, by the way, uh, the order was Arizona, San Francisco, New York Jets, Oakland Raiders, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the top five went like this. Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, Cleveland Farrell, then Devin White. So I'd asked him the question that I had been wanting to ask, and I, I was like, so, you know, as the head coach, obviously I'm sure you have a lot of say in who, what guys you draft and, you know, don't draft and whatnot. I'm sure you have a huge say. And he was like, yeah, you have a um, – I have a good amount of say in it for the most part. It, it just depends on what, what round we're in and everything, what pick we're at. And I was like, oh, okay, I got you. And I was like, so uh, Cleveland Farrell, why why did you draft him? And I, I, I kid you not, dude, literally, he giggled a little bit and had a smirk. And he said, it, he was like, Cleveland was a good guy and stuff. And. Uh, basically starts trying to save his butt if he's like, we wanted Nick Bosa, we wanted Quinn Williams, uh, and he was like, we wanted Devin White, but we thought that we were like, Devin White, you know, isn't worth this high of a pick, whatever, because, you know, of course, if you get taken pick at pick number one, you're getting like almost, if not, 10 mil a year, whether you're, you know, so um, he was like, he basically was just like, we wanted Devin White. He was like, originally we wanted Nick Bosa, but Nick Bosa wanted two. And he was like, then we wanted Quentin Williams. He wanted three. He was like, we wanted Devin White, but we thought that it was too early for him and we needed an edge guy. And I was like, hmm, okay. But then I go back and I look at, uh, you know, the mock drafts and everything. And that was pretty much the top three. The, the top three that was locked in was Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quentin Williams. I, it wasn't anywhere else. And the reason why, I guess, I, we kind of joked on Cleveland Farrell because it was like this guy was literally like a late first, you know, second round pick. 
and you just went fourth overall? Like, bro, you're crazy. He is not that good. That's how I asked him. I was like, uh, did he even start any games for y'all? And he was like, no, he didn't. And so I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he was just trying to tell me. He was like, we needed a DN real bad and all these different things. I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I was like, and I was like, obviously, draft night, you don't know this. But now, it's like, you got Cleveland Farrell at four. You know what DN went a little bit later in the first round? He was like, not off the top of my head. And I was like, Ryan Burns? Ryan Burns went at 16 to the Panthers, and he's pretty darn good now. And I was like, you want to know another one? He was like, what's that? And I was like, Montez Sweat at 26. I was like, he, he, I was like he's not a superstar superstar, but he's a lot better than Cleveland Farrell. He he laughed at that one pretty well, and um, and then he ended up coming back. This guy comes back at me with, um, he comes back at me. He goes, "Well, you know, you want to know something about that draft?" And I was like, "What about that draft?" And he was like, "He said, he said that was the draft that we got Max Crosby," and I was like. Oh, really? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, we got him in the fifth round and stuff. Um, He said fifth round. But Mike Crosby actually went in the fourth round, crazy enough. Um, But I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, looking at it now, I was like, imagine if, like, that was, like, reverse. You know? Like, imagine you got Mike Crosby at four and you put Cleveland Farrell in the fourth round. You know, I went draft night. They'd have been like, okay, you're stupid. You're crazy. But now it's like, wow, they're actually really smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but no, I mean, he was just a really cool guy. And I, I, I'm telling you, I just had to ask the Cleveland Farrell question. I was like, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but I have to know what was going through your head to draft him. And bro was pretty much was just like, we needed a D in. And I was like, so you got the bottom of the barrel? He was like, hey, they said he was the next best available. And I'm like, oh, my God, I knew not. <laughs> so that one made me laugh for sure. Um, but you know, it it's it, on draft night you you can um scold and judge people as much as you want. Uh but of course you, you can't even you can't really have a full analysis and a and a fair analysis until like three years in the future when, you know, whoever is, whoever was drafted later, you know, pretty much everybody's had their time to shine. Everybody's had their time to, you know, come out and do something. Um, so, but I, I don't usually like judging people off the draft night. I just like, I, I just, you know, for them. But in my opinion, you shouldn't draft for a team need. If it's a team need, you should go sign somebody. Um, if you're drafting somebody for a team need, you're putting too much pressure on them. And a lot of times they fold. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work out. And you know, like I said, that's not everybody, but that's most players. That's about 80 per 80, 85% of players. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough call for sure. Uh, I think scouts have a really underrated job as far as, you know, finding the right guy, you know, finding why he best fits the team and what can he do to help you improve and everything. Um, but you know, you sign up for the job and I think, uh, I think they do their best for sure. They're, I mean, they're not as bad as meteorologists, if we're being honest. Meteorologists are terrible. I, I really think meteorologists get paid to be wrong. 
you know, I've, I've read about it and stuff. And I, I genuinely, I feel like they just look up in the sky and they're like, oh yeah, it's going to rain. It's not going to rain. Oh, it's not going to rain. It's raining. So, but that's, sorry. I, I don't know why I'm talking about meteorologists. It was, it's just really frustrating because they say it's going to rain and it doesn't rain. And then they, it's like a 10% chance of rain and it ends up pouring. It's just like, dude, make up your mind. Like what? Um, kind of to, uh, say on the same topic of football, I want to talk to you guys about fantasy football. Obviously, everybody loves fantasy football. I love fantasy football. I don't know if you guys love fantasy football, but I love it. Um, so we're gonna, um, I'm not gonna do a mock draft or anything. I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys some tips and some picks, um, on pretty much, uh, guys who I feel like you should draft and guys who I feel like you should not draft. Uh, simply because of um, some of some of the examples are uh, target share, uh, workload, um, team needs as far as like are, are they lacking on the offensive line and all these different things? Uh, are they lacking a quarterback? A bunch of different things, um, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and we'll work through those right now. Uh, the, in my opinion, the top three should look something like Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase. Uh, I do think the zero RB strategy is fairly valuable this year simply because there's like a clear cut, like four or five running backs who are elite and it just kind of flattens out from there. And it's like any of these can blow up, you know, hopefully I get the one that does, you know what I'm saying? Um, obviously Alvin Kamar got his three game suspension. So I think that might dra- drop his stock a little bit, but not too much. It shouldn't be anything that you're overly worried about. It's just the first three games. Um, it's not the playoffs or anything. So I think you'll be all right drafting him uh, in the second round for sure. Uh, maybe even if you can get him in third, I'd say take him in third for sure. Um, B. John Robinson in most drafts is being drafted around pick nine or so. Uh, and I'm I, I'm cool with that pick. I like that pick. Um the all Atlanta offensive line was rated the best run block out of any other offensive line in the NFL this past season. And they also ran the ball over 450 times, which was like top three as far as like, you know, most attempts. Um, and so I think with Bijan running behind it, and of course we've seen his route running ability, I think that he's only going to be even more valuable. Um, he definitely could be a, a, a league winner for sure. So I would say um, keep your eye on him for sure. If you can get him, I'd say get him. I think he uh, is a, a best of the best RB1 uh, or a low-end RB1, but he's not RB2 at all. No shot. Um, Kind of a uh, another surprise. Um, people are drafting quarterbacks really early from what I'm hearing. And look. I think that there's a a big gap between the elite quarterbacks and the good quarterbacks. I understand that, but it's not as big of a leap or gap as like Travis Kelsey compared to TJ Hawkinson or literally any other tight end, George Kittle. It it's just it it's not worth it taking them before the third round. And I think if you take a quarterback in the third round and it's not like a Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. I, I think that's a bad pick because there's a lot more value on there than other positions that than you know those because it's just like realistically you get into the the fifth round 
there's still going to be good quarterbacks on there, such as Trevor Lawrence, maybe even Aaron Rodgers, uh, Kirk Cousins, Dak will definitely be on there. Uh, but then you look at wide receivers and running backs, and it's like some mid-wide receiver twos, maybe high-end wide receiver threes. Because you drafted a quarterback so early, it's like, geez, I have no other option, you know? So definitely don't draft a quarterback too early because quarterbacks are pretty much always, you know, of course, like I said, there are the elite and they're the good. And if you get a good quarterback, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're great at every other position. Um, some guys who I guess will tell you not to draft, uh, I wouldn't draft A.J. Brown. Um, I love A.J. Brown. I had him last year. He was a stud. He was great. I think with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and all the and the rushing ability of the Eagles, I think it's going to take away a lot of his target share, a lot of his catches, and compared to other wide receiver ones, I don't think he has the full value compared to other wide receiver ones. So I would only say take away from AJ Brown, um, and maybe Devontae Smith like late, late in the draft, um, but that's kind of a possible. That's a, a up for debate as well. Now, if I were to tell you a wide receiver to draft, I would tell you draft Stefan Diggs, draft Cooper Cup, uh, and and I say those, and I understand that they will be taken, you know, rather early, but it's like take the guys. They are league winners. You know what I'm saying? Um, but just try and, uh, try and stay away from AJ Brown. Uh, now for a running back position, I would say stay away from Ramondre Stevenson. Reason being because the Patriots are interviewing a different running back every single day. And that's no exaggeration. I'm so serious. They are interviewing different, a different running back every single day. They've already interviewed Dalvin Cook, uh, playoff Lenny, um, and Kareem Hunt. And of course, Kareem Hunt is down in New Orleans with the Saints right now. But I'm just telling you that Ramon Stevenson is not going to, you know, have the high end RB2 that he did last season. So don't even bother with that. Um, another running back that I will tell you not to draft is Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs had a great year last year. I think he's going to have another great year. Um, but it's up in the air with no contract extension and Josh Jacobs being a guy who will sit out until he gets a contract extension, I wouldn't risk taking him early in drafts simply because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then, like, same thing with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know if you should draft Jonathan Taylor because we don't know what team he's going to end up on or if he's even going to change his team or if he's even going to play. We have no clue. So I would say try and stay away from those guys. And um, as far as one to draft, honestly, I'm, I'm, I think Rashad Penny, even though I understand that it's an Eagles offense, it's a Jalen Hurts offense, he runs, he runs the ball a lot. I think Rashad Penny has good running back to value for sure. Um, they ran the ball a lot. Miles Sanders got a lot of touchdowns. He got a good bit of touches, and I think Rashad Penny is going to do just that. I think Rashad Penny is going to be a better Miles Sanders. We'll have to see with the injury and everything, but I think he's very valuable for sure. Um. I do think uh, James Conner for the Cardinals is going to be really good again. James Conner is a touchdown uh, abuser. That guy loves the end zone. He hates actual yards, but he loves the freaking end zone. 
and he's going to get those goal line touches, and he's going to get you six more points on your board uh, with a touchdown by him. So um, definitely look to get him and whatnot. Um, like I said, Cooper Cup is a good one for sure. Um, I think, okay, so I, I'm pretty high on him. Now, this is like late, late in drafts, like nine, like round nine or later. I'm very high on Christian Watson, and I have, I'm hearing a lot of mixed emotions. It's like this guy has no quarterback. Um, this guy is too tall. Like he's going to get injured real easy, and then I'm stuck. But it's like I'm telling you, Christian Watson is going to have over 1,100 yards. I think he's going to be another version of Mike Evans. Mike Evans had nine 1,000-yard straight career seasons. I mean, has seasons. You get what I'm saying? He has had nine 1,000-yard seasons in a row, and no other player has done that. I think Christian Watson is going to be the second player to do that. He might even get 10. If he gets 10, that's even crazier. Um, but you know that that's still up for debate. Uh, but I think he's a uh, he's a great great guy, great leader, and um, he's gonna be a great fantasy player for sure. Um, we're hearing a lot of things about Anthony Richardson being this uh, a stud of an athlete. Uh, right now they're saying he's six four, about two fifty five, and that's kind of the weight that and height that he hopes to stay at to play. Um, and just for some reference. Uh, Derek Henry is like 6'2", 230, you know, um, so that's kind of a, uh, that's a big difference, um, but, you know, I, I think Anthony Richardson is going to use his legs a little more than he should, hopefully he doesn't, but who knows, because I don't want to see him get injured, um, but I, I've seen the highlights and stuff, and that dude is just a freak athlete, I mean, he was just, he was just blessed, uh, off rip, for sure, um, so, yeah, but obviously fantasy football, a lot's going on. Um, not too much going in uh, basketball. They did start the FIBA World Cup um, today. They start the practices. Uh, well, they've been doing the practices, but they started the games today. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw, but unfortunately, the U.S. women's national soccer team did get eliminated to Sweden uh, in the round of 16 straight out of group play. That was very unfortunate. Um, but it happens, obviously, in my opinion. I think this was a little bit of a, a, a worser women's national team than what we were used to. But I do think they were still a good team for sure. I don't think they should have lost to Sweden, but unfortunately they did. And, of course, the game was at 2 a.m., so basically no American watched it um, unless you're really big into soccer. Most of us did not watch it, unfortunately. We weren't really able to. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, like I said, there's not really too much going on in sports. It, it's fairly quiet for the most part. Hopefully next time we talk, we'll have a little bit more um, to talk about. But just a, a quiet week overall. Um, but uh, this has been your uh, – and, of course, I would give you guys a parlay of the day, but it is super late at night. There's literally no plays. Um, I'll probably post something online tomorrow. Uh, I won't be able to make a graphic. I don't have time with uh, my work schedule. But I will definitely post my slip um, on social media at Endless.Competing on all of our socials. Make sure you check those out. We are posting TikToks frequently. We are uh, staying updated on Instagram. Make sure you guys go check that out. And remember, if you want to be entered in the podcast, uh, if you want to be entered in the giveaway for $100, make sure you go listen to the previous episode of the podcast. 
the last two minutes specifically, which basically just tells you follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. You have to tag nobody. You got to send a send a post to nobody. All you have to do is follow us on Instagram, and you're immediately entered to win the hundred dollars. Um, so yeah, we like I said, we are almost at fifty different users, uh, different listeners, and this this podcast is only going to get bigger as we uh, upload more and post more. Um, and I, I'm just so I'm so blessed to uh, have this platform, and uh, it's so great to check my phone, you know, every couple hours and see that even if we got one or two plays, it's just like somebody was actually thinking about the podcast to where like they went and they opened it up and they listened to it just because they were thinking about it. Like I didn't even post it or nothing. Like they just went go look at it. Like that, that's cool in my opinion. Like that's pretty dope to me. Um. Like I said, once again, thank you guys so much uh, for listening to episode five. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, and remember, never stop competing, baby. Let's go always keep competing. Have a great day.